and lovely horror podcast and i missed you we've got vanessa carlton on the brain here because before we started recording that yeah it's pretty common occurrence honestly before we started recording here, I showed Steve that awesome Rage Against the Machine Vanessa Carlton mashup, <laughs> which is it's so dope. fucking perfect. Yeah, it sounds so inspirational. Is the it thing does. about it, you know? It's like fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> when it gets to that part, you're really like, they're not gonna tell him. Yeah. He's, he's like, nor he's should tell he. Him what to do? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to this week's installment of Dead and Lovely. Your absolute favorite horror movie podcast in all the land. Here with the host with the most. Why, it's me. It's, it is I, the one and only, the unacceptable Uncle Ben. And me, the horrendous Hollywood Steve. <laughs> horrendous Hollywood Steve. Yeah, if you're unacceptable, I'm horrendous. Oh, okay. How, yeah. you, how you been this week, Steve? Good. Uh, I've been really busy, and I've been, I, I think I mentioned this last time. Yep. I've been sleeping weird. Been oh, sleeping yeah. like three-hour shifts. You're still into that, huh? I'm not into it. I don't like it. It's into it. you. It's into me, though. It's really got a hold it on has. you. It's got a hold. But it's not getting good to you. No, I don't like it. Uh, it feels like uh, my sleep is always incomplete. I Yeah, I could imagine that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really is. Because I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess... Well, you, you could technically get into REM sleep within three hours, right? I, I You never really hit those deep stages, I don't no. think, in, until, yeah, you've been, you sleep probably about three hours. I have heard recently, speaking of REM sleep and stuff like that, that if you're like a longtime pot smoker uh-huh. and you stop smoking for a while, you have crazy fucking dreams. Yeah, I've heard that too. Because apparently, uh, I guess like when you go to bed stoned, you you don't really dream. Like you do when you're when you're not stoned. It's pretty nice. Well, which like now that I think about it, I think most nights whenever I go to bed stoned, I don't have dreams. Man, I don't want to find out. Fuck I'll em. tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no use for dreams anyway. No, who needs them? That's where Freddie lives. Yeah, I had a funny dream last night where like, God, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. It involved like a guy getting kicked through a plate glass door, <laughs> and then his friend was just like. You really snuck up on me. Was, I woke up thinking it was hilarious. Then later on, I was like, "That didn't make any sense." Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool stuff. Man. How you been, man? You been uh, you been up to anything good this week? Um, not a ton of good. Up to no good. Sick. M- much like Inglewood. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Always up. Well, to and no you're good. also over here drinking gin and juice. Actually. I am sipping on gin and juice. Actual, in reality, actual having some gin. It's juice. really good. I enjoy it, man. Like gin and orange juice is a that's a hard pass. That's gross. But yeah. a gin and a cranberry, it works together so well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very on board with that, man. So you've been keeping it pretty real. Yeah, I've been keeping it real. Watching Tight. British game show. Okay, so you had mentioned this to me. Mm-hmm. And this sounds just ridiculously confusing. Please explain. Uh, it's called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. 8 Out of 10 Cats Does. Uh-huh. Cats Does. Uh-huh. There's a single plural right. thing right there. Countdown. Okay. This so makes no sense. It is a mashup of two show. 8 Out of 10 Cats. What's that? Is a celebrity panel sort of game show hosted by Jimmy Carr okay. with comedians on it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, countdown is a more like competitive game show with normal people on it. Mm-hmm. What they did was mash up the idea of having Jimmy Carr hosting comedians uh, and, and just had them play Countdown, okay. which is a real All popular right. 
game show in England. And basically, the show is they, uh, they have two games. Uh-huh. They draw nine letters, and you try to see who can find the biggest word. Okay, that and sounds then right. They draw uh, seven numbers, mm-hmm. and you have to use them to make get the to number. a bigger number. No, there, there's one pac- like one uh, Pacific one. Yeah, one, I was gonna say one picked <laughs> and one specific. And yeah. It came out Pacific. <laughs> there's one specific number that pops up, and you're supposed to use those six numbers to get to it. Geez, so they're doing maths. Uh huh. And um, in Britain, that's entertainment. The, the the Vanna White of the show, Rachel Riley. Uh huh. Um, can always do the math. Like wow. she, she's a mathematician, super oh. bright, and she can always figure out a solution to it. I don't understand how that sounds like that could be fun. Watching like a bunch of famous people do math. Um, it's not. Well, that's the thing is that they're bad at it. Okay, it's fun. All right. no. It's fun because like some of them are really good at it. Mm-hmm. Most of them are bad at it, and they're you know British comedian celebrities that aren't celebrities here in america mostly i mean you'll yeah. see some like uh, uh Catherine tate okay yeah. who was on the american office and also a ton of stuff in, in england doctor who for instance okay richard iwadi has been on there um you might know him from uh it crowd or garth no. Marenghi's dark place no not seeing no. him no. okay what? sounds yeah, like a silly show. people you don't really know but it's a great it's really funny uh I like Jimmy Carr a lot. Him? He also hosts... Um, now him I've seen, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah he looks like uh, Taco from the uh, Putting on the Ritz video. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you much of like a game show guy in general, or is this just kind of like a new thing for you? I like game shows as long as they're um, celebrities having fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like game shows where... Uh, like, I'm fine with Jeopardy. I like a Jeopardy. I've learned yeah, a lot from Jeopardy. But most of it... Like, I don't like anything where somebody can lose a large amount of money uh, out of nowhere. Like... Yeah. That's just <laughs> to like, me. That could like, affect I don't want to see, <laughs> don't see di- disappointment. I just want to see people having fun. <laughs> so, I like Match Game a lot. Not the you know new what? one. Yeah, whenever, whenever it is like a celebrity game show thing yeah. and there's no risk of, oh, I just lost $30,000... Oh, who fucking cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? I'm already rich. Yeah, it this doesn't, doesn't matter. matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the old 70s match game, I love. Emily and I used to watch that every single day like in California. Eating competitions are fun because you're like, they're not starving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it were people like fighting to get to eat. <laughs> that's just sad. That's sad. That's not good. Yeah, I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> so celebrity, would you say dating game? Uh, No, no, no. Just match game. Match game. Match there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also I like the uh, Big Fat Quiz of the Year and Big Fat Quiz of Everything. That's also a British game show hosted by Jimmy Carr. Okay, right Jimmy on. Carr hosts everything. Apparently. He's a hostman. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, but yeah, so I just want to see celebrities fighting for fake points that don't matter. Right on, and having a good time. And having a good time, yeah. Sounds Especially like the British time. shows, they they really bust each other's balls a lot. Okay. Which is really yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, I'm on board. I'll check it out. Yeah. Is it something streaming anywhere? Is it on radio? It's uh, TV? on YouTube. Oh, yeah. okay. Run on. You can find most anything on YouTube yeah, these no days. No kidding, man. No kidding. That sounds pretty good. I've had myself a pretty fucking busy week myself. As what we, you been doing? As we record this, I've been kind of getting ready for my, my upcoming escapades. I'm going out on the road for a couple of days next week playing with. Andy Wood and Seth Rosenblum. Mm-hmm. Then the week after that, pretty much just gotta a few days after we get back. Gotta get down on the blues. Uh-huh. And then after that, we get back and we head out to Los Angeles for the Nam mm-hmm. show, big old musician trade yeah. convention thing out there, which is 
gonna be super super sick maybe by the time this airs i might i should already be back yeah uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, you'll be back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, going into it, I'm expecting greatness. Getting to play yeah. a show with Andy Wood, playing with Mark Letary, Andy Timmons, and uh, fucking Paul Gilbert. You going to check out that Hard Rock ca- Cafe while you're out there? Oh, man, I've heard that they do great burgers and stuff. Oh, boy, Hard Rock Cafe. Yummy. I got to check out the menu online. Can you imagine being uh, a band at a Hard Rock Cafe? Have you ever been to a Hard Rock Cafe? I have. I've played a Hard Rock Cafe many times. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the most fun? People eating food while you're basically making it impossible for them to talk? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best part about playing music is like ruining people's meals and stuff. Uh Well, you know, I think it's the kind of thing. It's it's good for a band to play at a Hard Rock Cafe because you go around and you look around and you see... You know, it's like, oh man, here was Vanessa Carlton's bass player's pick. <laughs> you go, maybe one day that'll be mine. Maybe one day I'll be as famous as Vanessa Carlton's bass player, who yeah. we don't even know the name of. <laughs> exactly. Let's just say it's I don't, let's say it's Butch Vig. It's Butch Vig. <laughs> Butch Vig. Yeah, from Garbage. Uh huh. <laughs> Actually, it probably is. It probably, probably is. is. Yeah. He probably produced all that stuff. Yeah, I was for sure of it. Uh, Yeah, so I've had myself a big week just trying to get everything ready in advance, making tons of videos and stuff like that to put out while I've been out. So I've not had time to watch a ton, but I'm going to tell you about what I did last night. What'd you do? Last night, I was making a video, and I was getting very frustrated. Every now and then, I just have these times where I just get like tongue-tied or just like my head's all scrambled like oh no can't get my thoughts in a row Uh oh so i i got good and frustrated and just pissed off Uh uh-huh and then i decided that i would go to the store and get stuff to make uh, a nice curry okay to make a nice curry uh like a mergmachny like a butter chicken all right and blow off some steam doing that and drink a, a lot in yeah. the process of making butter dinner. chicken and drinking sounds great to me. It was pretty good, but it was like anger drinking, so it wasn't it wasn't that good. I like anger drinking. Yeah. It's fun. It's led to me being hungover as fuck today. So oh, okay. it's not great. Yeah, That's that why. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not great. But you know what? While I'm on the subject of that curry. Yeah. You mind if I I drop how about I just drop some kitchen knowledge? Drop it on these busters right here. Boom! I think people like it whenever we get into our culinary pursuits. I think so too. Pretty yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't, it's a fucking free podcast. Yeah. You care? You Fast can just forward. press fifteen seconds ahead. <laughs> probably be all right. So okay, so you've made just yourself an Indian curry mm-hmm. in your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're making one, especially when you're making one with like fresh tomatoes uh-huh. and you're using a lot of like ground spices and whole spices. Yeah. You know how sometimes by the end of it, it can get kind of gritty, gritty or grainy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was looking for. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you know, it's gonna happen whenever you're using that kind of stuff. Yeah. So on this guy's YouTube channel, I found I followed this recipe that he does where he's making like a butter chicken. So you're you know sauteing onions and a ton of spices, right. adding in uh, chopped tomatoes, uh-huh. yada yada, and you simmer that stuff down until everything's kind of kind of mushy like. Mm-hmm. Then you transfer it to a bowl and use like an immersion blender, mm-hmm. or you could just put it in like a blender or a magic right. bullet, of course. So you smooth everything out with that. I use an immersion blender, right? Which worked great. It just took a minute, and you smooth everything out. You know, cut everything up basically. But then before you return it to the to the pot, you also run it through a strainer. Okay, to get all that shit out. Yeah, exactly. And you're just basically left with a big wad of like. 
uh, tomato peels, and, uh-huh. like, the hard parts of the onion and stuff like that left in your strainer. And the wow. sauce is like crazy smooth. Awesome. Yeah. It's an ultimate pro tip for getting your curries nice and smooth at home. Yeah, and if you're out there with your lumpy ass curry, yeah, yeah, gosh, your wife's coming home. Uh-huh. She's like, I've been working all day at the wife job. Uh-huh. Where's my want, food, husband man? I want smooth food. Yeah, I don't want chunks. Uh-huh. I don't want grit. I want smooth food. Yeah. And you say, I'm so sorry. I've been slaving away at the computer desk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'll let me see what I can do. Let me whip this up like. Uh-huh. Sometimes my wife comes home and she's like, if I see one thing that isn't smooth, I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> Not even from you. She's just getting one. Yeah. Well, that's why whenever I hear her car pull into the driveway, uh-huh. I'm always full blast put on smooth. Which is Rob Thomas and Santana. Yeah. This laughing good enough. <laughs> I try to make everything as smooth as possible around here. That's, hey, that'll do it. Happy right wife, happy life. Uh-huh. All right. Then you play that uh, that song that you did with Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, exactly. Was that her? I think so. Yeah. Weren't there like the song? several white girls that all played the piano around that same time? Around Santana. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> so the the curry sauce turned out super smooth because of those precautions. That's I made. awesome, and I didn't get divorced. So that's good. Go that me. That is good to hear. <laughs> yeah. So after I prepared this dinner and was pretty fucked up, I uh, decided to sit down and watch Annihilation. You were annihilated. Yes. And you decided to watch. Annihilation. I was like, you are what you watch. Am I right? Uh-huh. And yeah. I couldn't find a movie called Fucked Up, so I went with Annihilation. You couldn't. <laughs> I, I probably could. Yeah. The remote kept slipping out of my hands. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is one of those movies that I know a lot of people really love. Mm-hmm. It came out what was it last year? I think last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I heard it hailed as this like science fiction, you know, kind kind of psychological horror yeah. mm-hmm. masterpiece with strong female cast and all that jazz. Right. I was really stoked going into it. Maybe I'm gonna give this the benefit of the doubt that I was just in a, a pretty wretched mood and was well. Again, I mean, also you just described it. As a, you were very angry and yes. you were very drunk. Yeah, and um, might have affected your. View. It could have affected my uh-huh. judgment because I didn't. I didn't like it, man. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Like, yeah. And you know, to my benefit, Kate was watching with me, and she was neither um, angry or fucked up. And she was like, "This is really boring," and fell asleep. I wasn't nuts about it, man. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay, let me just let me just tell you some of my problems with this movie. Okay. It seemed to me as though what would happen if if Keanu Reeves played every character in a movie and wrote all the dialogue. <laughs> because everybody was stiff and wooden as fuck. Yeah. And a lot of the dialogue was just horrible, dude. It okay. was just horrible. There was one part where, I can't remember who said it, but like one of the women was talking about like losing her kid or something. Uh-huh. And she's like, there were two bereavements that day, one for my child and one for the person I once was. Oh, and it's like, is that like from a Davy Stranger song? Uh-huh. What there the were fuck two is bereavements that? that day. Nobody talks like that. Nobody does talk like that. No. There true. was so many lines in this movie where I was just like, nobody fucking talks this way. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? I'm just trying to figure it out because I, I thought the acting and shit <laughs> was just horrible and it was so boring. Um, I didn't think any, either of those things. Okay. That's what I liked about it. I I was having flashbacks yeah. to like Inception 
Where it was like Inception uh, was like the the movie that complicated for no reason. Well, not only that, but it's like the movie that not smart people say that they like to seem smart, right? But it's not really. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting out of it. Plus, just that whole fleet of just wooden characters also reminded me of Inception. Yeah. Okay. So, what did you like about it? Because I can't, I can't figure it out. I was really expecting to like it. I uh, I like the suspense built. I like okay. the visual mm-hmm. storytelling. There's some cool, very Giger-esque visuals uh-huh. in there, yeah. especially once I kind of got into like that that cave area where yeah. all the the shimmering was was afoot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed the concept, the idea of it, like what it was. Yeah, was was interesting to me. Can't say I loved it. Can't right. say I loved it. Uh, and the soundtrack was also obnoxious as fuck. There's like no soundtrack for like 90% of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then towards the very end, whenever it's Natalie Portman like, and her hey, like clone, soundtrack for you. Yeah, it just just like how about all the soundtrack now? Yeah, and it was like super loud and obnoxious and really kind of kind of took me out of it. Yeah. How come her clone thing like quit imitating her once she handed it that grenade? That was dumb. That was an interesting situation. I didn't fully understand. I thought I should rewatch this to try to understand exactly what was going on. Yeah, because it's like following her every move and shit. And then she's like, maybe you hold this grenade. And it's like, I guess I do. I guess so. Why, yes. Well, all right then. And it's also the kind of thing to me, too, where, again, the concept and stuff was so cool of what was going on Uh inside of the shimmering and all this business. But you're telling me that this thing had been around for like years. Mm-hmm. The government had been sending people in trying to resolve what was going Figure on. Out what the hell's there? Yeah, and just feeding people to this thing uh-huh. continuously. They're never like, maybe we shouldn't. They're just like, ah, whatever. Keep fucking put them in there. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, the entire thing is resolved by a grenade. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> seriously, that's it. It would be like if in Cloverfield, like all that it took is somebody using like a nine millimeter and like shooting the monster in the leg, and it's like now it's dead. Really? Well, we still don't know what happened with old Cloverfield. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe that is what happened. Maybe that is what happened. Yeah. I didn't see anybody trying it. (laughs) I mean, they were shooting at him from above. I guess nobody tried to shoot him in the knee. Yeah, exactly. So we just cap him. So I thought that was just really anticlimactic mm-hmm. and dumb in a lot of ways. I like how at the first of the movie they've got Natalie Portman and they're asking her like, so what happened? And she's like, I don't know. And then gives an extremely detailed explanation of what happened. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Did none of these fucking scientists bring paper and a, a pen or a pencil into this thing with them to write down day one this happened they're all just suddenly like i guess weeks have passed that's our nobody wrote anything down what for for writing i mean captain's well, log they trying like, to remember stuff are they trying to figure this out for some reason i, I might if oh, i was okay. a scientist person if you were a science person you'd be like you know what we should probably make some observations write yeah. them down Write them down. E equals MC squared. So we I would don't say. forget him. Yeah. And hey, here does E equal MC squared? Let's find out. Let's find out, guys. Put to the test. All right, somebody stopwatch, turn on a light. Yeah. See what happens. What happened? I don't know, man. I, again, maybe just my extremely shitty disposition did taint my 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 uh, my experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just should have watched like The Hangover or something instead. Probably. You yeah. know, just watch. Something Probably should watch Hangover Three. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen two. Either. I could have told you about it. 
Honestly, I've never seen one either. Really? Yeah. I saw the first one that I've, came out. I've seen it on at a place. Yeah, yeah. I saw like the last 30 minutes of it probably. Mm-hmm. I don't think I missed anything. <laughs> I don't think you did. No. So I watched that. Didn't love it. I also, I will tell you one thing that we did see this week that we loved. Okay. So we've been watching through um, Big Mouth, like I've yeah. been talking about, awesome. which is the fucking best. Yeah. It's, it's Shane only, Lizard. Yeah, dude, it's only like growing on me. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And uh, the whole show, they've been making references to the Italian Stallion uh-huh. starring Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. And in season one, they just kind of referenced it a few times and showed like a movie cover of it. Yeah. And then in one of the season two episodes, I think they talked about it. And Kate was like, wait, is this like a real thing? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course. You don't know about that? Uh-huh. She wasn't aware that Sylvester Stallone started his career. So you guys watched The Italian Stallion. So we Fucked. watched The Italian Stallion. Uh, yeah. Actually, it turned out to just be kind of like a super cut. Oh. Yeah, I know. It was like 20 minutes long or it's something like that. Yeah. It was uh, It was gross. Mm-hmm. It was gross. It's a lot of just a lot like... A lot of 70s porn is real gross. Yeah. Like even... Yeah. Like... There's just every, something about the, that lighting. About it. And carpet. Ew. So much carpet Ew. with all these people fucking. Yeah, that's, that's real gross. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of just like, what is even going on here? Yeah, because it's just like hair. Yeah. So much. So much hair. And they're just kind of like rolling around. Uh-huh. Like it's not it's not hardcore, so yeah, it's just like simulated sex, I guess. <laughs> But, no, I think they were doing it. Yeah. They were doing the okay. dirty bomb. Well, again, maybe in the supercut that I saw, they didn't yeah. show all that. But there's a lot of parts where I'm just like, nothing is lining up right here. Like, uh-huh. his dick's just against her leg or something. Like, how is this good for anybody? You know? And there's some really great, gross narration from, like, the chick. Yeah. Where she was just like, I just love his big throbby dong. <laughs> It was like not sexy talk, like it's whatsoever. Throbby dog. Yeah. She was saying all this stuff that was supposed to be hot, and it was just, it was just gross. It was just oh, really gross sounding. I saw this, I saw this porno. I think it's from like the late nineties. Yeah. And um, it's in Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson. No. <laughs> oh, babe. I've never seen that. You're Maybe so I should hot, watch that. Babe. They just keep calling each other babe. babe and saying, "I love you, babe." Babe. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's real gross. That's so Tommy. But Lee. he does have a huge dick. That dude. That's what I've heard. Um, it's like it's a French porno, but somebody did like a translation of it, and it's but instead Ooh. of like having a dub over translation, they have a dub over narrator explain in general what. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds awesome. At one point, um, it says. This girl's a bitch. She <laughs> wants to have sex with them both. <laughs> and I looked That's it up. Amazing. And the word for uh, bitch and whore is like the same in French. So okay. like they just went with the first definition, which yeah. was bitch, which she meant to say was whore. <laughs> Either way, it's just like I don't know. I don't know how people like when you watch a weird porno like that. How do you avoid that? How do you ignore that? I guess you just mute it. Yeah, that's the only way. That's fucking hilarious. I never like in porn. I never want to hear a man speak. You like that? (laughs) Did you? Do you have to keep saying that? Yeah, (laughs) babe, babe, you like that? (laughs) This girl's a bitch. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's why that's why all the porn that that we watch is just mimes yeah yeah mimes you and i together we watch mime yeah. porn yeah like we do uh-huh you know do they t- it's not gay if you have a podcast like, together. I, Everybody knows that. A mime hand job is, is like the, <laughs> the invisible pulling. rope thing. Yeah. yeah. Very unsatisfactory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, the subject of our podcast today is going to be I am not a serial killer. We're just going to talk about how you're not a serial killer the whole time? Yeah, exactly. I really want to lay some stuff out. Okay. You know, it I'm, seems I'm to a me nice if you guy. need to make that statement that there's already some suspicion on. Well, just you. hear me out. Just hear me out. Okay. I've never killed anybody. So how can I be a serial killer if you I've never what, even you done know what one? I've never had to say I've never killed anybody. Yeah. Because most people just assume it. I guess so. Yeah. So it's it's mm. weird of you to just start talking about it unless there's something you're hiding. Yeah, exactly. Are you a serial killer? Are you now? Or have you ever been affiliated with the Communist Party? <laughs> so, Steve, I think before we start getting into this movie right here, I'd like to I'd like to play a little game. Me too. I want to see if we know what exactly is up with a serial killer because I I'll tell you what I was out and about running some errands today. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to a, a stock and barrel in Knoxville. Yeah. I had myself a big, disgusting burger and duck confit fries. Damn. Great for mopping up a hangover. I I'll bet. tell you that. Yeah. And man, there's just fucking kids everywhere today. And I'm what looking the around shit? at these children, and they're just, they're wild now. They are wild, wild now. <laughs> and they act so uncivilized yeah. and creepy and strange. I just can't help but imagine that a lot of these kids are fucking serial killers. Hey, at man. least it could be. Why don't you just, let's test your knowledge. Let's see. I'm going to read you some quotes and let's find out if you can tell if it's a child or a serial killer. Child or serial killer. Okay, so you're going to read us a quote here. Yeah. And we're going to try to determine who says it. Yeah. All right. Now, All this right. is on BuzzFeed. This is from Dave Stapera. BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. Post haste, bring the letter. Quickly, bring me a guinea for the... <laughs> Post boy. <laughs> a lump of coal, Fuzzbead. <laughs> All right. I promise I won't ever chew on your bones. I promise. Ooh. Wow. I, that sounds to me like a child. I think so. Yeah. That sounds like something that a kid might say, but also at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if I heard that. Well, like yeah. Listen, yeah, and if he said that, I'd be like, "Cool, thanks. thanks. That's great." All right, let's go with a child. It's a child. Yes, we got it. According to redditor Lord of Hosts, a three-year-old who generally has a happy-go-lucky attitude that was cuddling with his mom said that. That would really disturb me. Well, but it's a promise to not chew on your bones. I guess. Like. I mean, that's better than, I promise, I'll chew on your fucking bones, mom. <laughs> that kid's metal, dude. A kid listens to too much dead dad. Dead dad. Dead. Dead. Pool of blood. <laughs> All right. I know. love you so much that I want to cut your head off and carry it around so I can see your face whenever I want. Wow. Wow. That is intense. <sighs> what do you think? What serial killer sounds like they might have said that? Well, I mean, that Dahmer did that, basically. That he did. Um, he but, bu- built himself a nice little shrine in this place. Yeah. 
Wow. I don't know if it was love-based, though. No, it was more know. about control. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if any of these killers would use the term love when they're describing these things. No. You know? I don't think Not so. Not real ones. In a movie, Not, maybe. Yeah, yeah, in a movie, he'd be like, I'm a psychopath who's murdering because of my lost love. <laughs> You're not a psychopath. I might choose child on this one. What All right, think? let's go child. I think it's a child. Yeah. Again, it Again is a child. a child. Hardcore kid. Apparently man. just talking to his dad. Wow. So that's good. Good news. I like children. They are tasty. Ooh. Okay, now now this does sound like something that perhaps an, an Albert Fish or somebody yeah, that may have does, said. Yeah. It sounds fishy to me. Like something that might be in the Grace Bud letter. So let's go. Albert Fish, I'll tell you too. Yeah. Uh, as I've mentioned on, on older episodes and stuff, I go through these just periods of fascination with serial yeah. killers and stuff like that. I had never even heard of, of Albert Fish till you told me about him like in college. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like... Yeah, he's a real weirdo. Holy shit, man. He used to shove metal into his, his scrotal and, and pelvic and area. Pe- pelvic area. Yeah, yeah, like needles. Yeah, there's an, there's an x-ray image of it. Just yeah. tons of needles yeah, that he yeah. just shoved in there because he liked pain. There's a, a multi-part last podcast on the left series about him that I was listening to, and it's not a fun listen. No. Not a fun-filled he, romp. He ate, he ate a child. Yeah, he now. did that. No. And, uh, yeah, man, it's talking about all these crazy games he used to play with, like, his, his kids. wives and kids. Yeah. yeah, he was, like, fucking married and had kids and stuff. Yep. And basically would, would play these games with his kids that would just get him, like, jollies. Yeah. Because it was like, Flog Dad. Uh-huh. Not a normal game. No, Mm-mm. it's not. Mm-mm. Those were the good old days, Ben. Yeah. Back before you <laughs> had to worry about your kids being out on the street. I remember when we used to just run and play outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For Xbox. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's a serial Let's killer. Let's go serial down. killer. Yep, serial killer. Albert Fish. Albert Fish, we got mm-hmm. it, man. Look at us. Yep. Nailed it. The man who made lamps out of human skin and inspired pretty much every horror movie villain ever. Did that. Fish make some some skin yeah. shades? He did some skin stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's crafty. He old crafty fish. He was they a call crafty him. bastard. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, you know, I think in this age where we really appreciate recycling and upusing items. Hey, for real, yeah. If you're gonna murder somebody, like use the get whole some buffalo. use out of it. Yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. So I admire that in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> I want to peel your skin off. Ooh. I want to peel, to your, peel skin your skin off. Peel your skin off, yep. But it's not I will. Yeah, it's not I will. It's a I would like to. I don't know though. That sounds because all, all these other ones that the kids have said have sort of like a because I love you sort of yeah, aspect to them. I want to peel your skin off. That's there's nothing really about that that yeah. sounds very so let, lovely and cuddly. let's say serial killer. That might be. Oh, wrong. That's a child said that. According to redditor Psalm underscore sixty nine, his daughter <laughs> woke him up at six a.m. and delivered these horrifying words. Woke you up to tell you that. I've I've read and heard so many stories of kids waking their parents up to say the strangest fucking shit. I wonder how much fucking weird yeah. shit I must have said when I was a kid. Oh, I know Probably I said lot. weird shit for sure. Like, kids just have a way of saying something that's so out there and strange yeah. that it's like... Where did you hear that? Like, yeah, you, where the fuck is this coming from? Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, I want to peel your skin off. All right, that must have been. You know what though? Mm-hmm. I bet that was Clive Barker's kid. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He's Daddy. like, you put these people in your movies and you, you, you love them and you peel their skins off. So, so I'll peel your skin off because I love you. Aww. Aww. That's a detail they didn't include. That makes it a little cuter. <laughs> and apparently Clive Barker's name on Reddit is Psalm underscore 69. Hey, that's a ministry song. It's a ministry song. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. Believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. Oh, Jesus. I, I mean, hope a serial, that's not a child. But it, if it can't be a serial killer that said that because unless he said it before murdering, killed. yeah. Then he, which comes first, the serial or the killer? Right. They hmm. say. Hmm. Believe me, if I started killing, there'd be none of you left. I feel like that's a serial. That killer. could be. Yeah. yeah, that very well could be. That could be something. Yes. That, yeah. Old Charlie Manson. Oh, Charles Manson said that. Yeah. He? Hey, that that's, he wasn't a serial killer, though. That Quentin Tarantino, Charles Manson movie. He wasn't a serial killer, technically. Yeah, these things always get wrapped up in that. That is weird, yeah. I mean, he was a dumb prick, dude. Yes. Yes, he was. Fucking idiot. What a strong theory he had that he would lead the blacks to take over and then rule over them because, of course, he's the only white man. Yeah. So, like, what? All that he wanted to do is just fucking go out to the desert. And bang chicks and, and ride dune drugs. And yeah, do drugs. That's all he wanted to do. Yeah, but then everybody started listening to him. <laughs> that was a big problem. That is an issue. Yeah. Like you know it's what? An issue. You should listen to people, but like, know your limits. If you're listening to somebody and you're like, everything in the world's beginning to make sense, it's not. It's really not. It's yeah. not. Something is up. You got that GOP people? You got it. <laughs> All right, good. What'd you say about Tarantino and Manson? Oh yeah, Tarantino's Manson film. I keep like forgetting that that's a thing. Yeah, it's got tons of people in it. Does it? Yeah. Huh. I'm real interested in it. I wonder who else feet are gonna be in it. Um, probably every woman in the movie. I can't wait to see the feet casting. Um, Hillary Duff's playing Sharon Tate, so probably her feet. I don't think I've ever seen her feet. Okay. Is she playing Sharon Tate in that movie, or just playing Sharon Tate in something else? I don't know. I don't even know. Huh. Well, anyway, it's got we're going to see her feet, it? hopefully. Yeah? Yeah. I hope Vanessa Carlton's in there, too. With her feet out. Yeah. <laughs> Just dirty feet. Ugh, no, I don't. What really. is his deal? He likes a foot, I guess, man. I, I mean, like I we mean, said, yeah, if that's your thing, more your power thing, to yeah, you. Whatever. It if ain't you, my thing. Like, it, I wonder how it feels to be told, I like your feet. My friend Krista was followed around a grocery store by an adult when she was like 16. Oh no. And the guy said specifically, I really like your feet. Oh. So that is a thing that, that does happen. Gosh. That's just gross. But there's got to be somebody out there who's walking around like, man, I got fucking awesome feet. And somebody Look says, I really like your feet. And they're just like, God damn right you do. I know. I know you do. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's got to be somebody out there that would be like, fuck yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. I'm imagining the waves of blood rushing over me. Holy moly. God, I hope that's not a kid. Good Lord, that is intense right mm -hmm. there. I'm imagining the waves of blood washing over me. Yeah. I mean, if it was Danny Torrance in The Shining. Oh, that's a kid too, yeah. yeah. That's just something he might say. Yeah. Because he's seen many waves of blood. That's true. Too many. many. Yeah, yeah. At that age? 
Oh man, one's too many. Yeah, exactly. At least wait till you're ten. Wait till you're ten. Yeah, at least before your first waves of blood. Your waves of blood. I don't know. That I could kind of go either way with this. Yeah. That sounds like something that a young Danny Torrance might say, or it sounds like something that um, like a Richard Ramirez or somebody might say. That does sound like Richard Ramirez. Or like a Richard Chase. The, oh, the vampire God, of Sacramento. That guy was insane. Holy shit. If y'all have never yeah. read up on that guy. He's. Whoa. I mean, that guy was a real life fucking monster. Yep. Good God, man. Didn't let's go with serial killer. Okay. Let's, let's go with that one. <laughs> oh. That was, was a child. child. Yuck. HR Homer on Reddit says that his niece said this with a blank look on her face and has most likely never taken a shower before. So. Well, most likely. Maybe, though. Not ruling it out. No. Wow, man. My brain is telling me to do things I don't want to do. Ooh. Again, that could also be either side of the fence right there. These are really pretty ambiguous. I figured it'd be a little bit more clear cut, especially based on the first couple. Children are basically serial killers is what we're learning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They say some real trippy shit. What do you think about that? I think this is a child. Yeah. Yeah. Say it one more time. Uh, my brain is telling me to do things I don't want to do. Okay, I'm going to go as a kid on that one. I'm going to go as a child. Wait a second. Is that Charles Whitman? Which one's Charles Whitman? He was the University of Texas sniper. Oh, up the tower in yeah, yeah, 69, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. All right, let's go with child. Okay. It is a child. All, All right, right. We got A four-year-old it. said this after talking with his imaginary friend. Wow. Do you have an imaginary friend? No, I didn't. I didn't either. No. But I did love Drop Dead Fred. Yeah? Yeah. Actually, you know, I didn't have an imaginary friend in the sense that there would be like a, you know, like a, oh, my invisible rabbit or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Didn't have anything like that. But I would very often imagine what I would say if my friends were there. Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I was very lonely. Me too. I didn't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Didn't have a whole lot of friends that weren't related to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death comes with the territory. See you in Disneyland. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hope that's a serial killer. Yeah. That sounds like like last words. Yeah. You know? Let's go serial killer. I think killer. serial killer. Richard Ramirez. Boom. There we go. <laughs> See you at Disneyland. He Ooh. said this after receiving 19 life sentences for murdering 14 people. Holy shit. Death comes with the territory. See you at Disneyland. See you at Disneyland. That is very crazy. He was a, he was a wild man as well. Yeah. Like Ramirez. I have a buddy who has a Richard Ramirez stud- story. I won't tell it. Maybe Holy we'll shit. have him on at some point. Really? Yeah. Good Lord, man. Yeah. That was, Scary stuff. That guy was sick. Tell her to be my girlfriend or she'll never see her parents again. That's definitely a kid. That sounds exactly like a kid. Yeah, that sounds very kid-like, yeah. Uh, Seven-year-old. After asking a seven-year-old, what's the best way to get a girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Or she'll never see her family again. Jesus, that's insane. That is intense. A clown (laughs) can get away with murder. I'm going to say that's obviously John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, it's got to be. Yep, John Wayne Gacy. Sounds pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty easy. Fuck All that right. guy. Here's our last one. When you die, I want to put you in a glass jar so I can keep you and see you forever. That might be a Dahmer. I or think this is Dennis kid. from uh, Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. 
and he might be a serial killer. I could go either way with that one. There's there's yeah. multiple killers that I've had jars of, of yeah. victims' parts and stuff That's laying true. around. Dahmer especially. All right, what do let's you go serial killer. Okay. Ah, oh, damn it. Another one that's kids. a child. Oh. Si- um, the si- uh, okay, so this was a five-year-old who said this. A six-year-old responded, that's stupid. Where are you going to find a jar that big? Mm, he's got a point. Yeah. He does have a point, man. But we did get eight out of 11 right. I think we win. I think we win. We can sort of tell the difference between a child and serial killer. Kind of, sort of. But yeah, there's still a lot of a gray area there, I got to say. There is. Steve, before we get into this movie review, I want to crack open I want to crack open a cold one here. This is another one that was donated by our buddy Scott over in New Mexico. This is the Project Dank Autumn Edition, mm. which is from the La Cumbre Brewing Company. I'm very excited because I've heard of this and, and I've heard that it's really, really, really Well, I'm interested. Good. It's got a, an old man with a hop cane and a monocle and like a hop light bulb and a wise owl on the front. Oh. Yeah. Now, again, I'm going kind of easy on this because... Yeah, I can go I as have, hard as I need to. I have been the hungover. And after we uh, make this podcast, we're filming a special beer video for the uh-huh. YouTube channel. Go forth and like and uh, subscribe to And that, then we're recording the another channel. episode of the podcast. Yeah, so, exactly. So I'm going to try to go easy. Figure out, uh, after all of January episodes have come out, which one we recorded after drinking too much. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> uh, this does look very nice, though. It's a nice... Crisp golden hazy color. Wow, is that pretty good? Yeah, it's working that for you. Smooth, man. Oh damn, dude. That I wonder what the, what the ABV on this is. I don't know if it says somewhere on here. Wow. It smells utterly fantastic. Yeah, that is that is just a wonderfully balanced, smooth IPA. Oh man, yeah, that is great. Got that, that is not piney like... resin sort of taste on the back end, but mm-hmm. closest just... thing. I could compare it to would be like a, a dogfish head, like uh, sixty or ninety. Yeah, but this is way better than that. Mm-hmm. And then way the aftertaste better. is nice and kind. It's like a little, a little citrusy on the aftertaste. Yeah, but, but not too much. Again, actually, I get kind of more of that piney resiny thing more than anything on the aftertaste. Fuck, that is good. That is dude. great, and I like this can design. Yeah, I do too. He also sent us, I think, like a winter edition or something like that Cumbre. too. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. Yeah, that's awesome. Damn, that is fantastic. But yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites that we've had somebody send into the show. It's delicious. All right, Steve, we're talking I Am Not a Serial Killer. Which that is was true. Which was an uh, independent-ish yeah. movie, right? That yeah. That came out in 2000 and blah, blah, blah. 16. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Was this the first time you've seen this? No, uh, you had recommended it to me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Long that's ago, right. Yeah, and yeah. I watched it and enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the this was the first time I had rewatched it. Me too. And uh, I think the first time I watched it, I had been drinking a little bit, yeah. so I didn't remember everything. Mm-hmm. There were no surprises, but I didn't remember how the story all came together. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know what? Yeah. yeah like after a watching bit. it a second time yeah. with a little bit more analytical eye, there are some things that that uh-huh. I don't love about it. The first time mm-hmm. that I watched this. 
I was really nuts about it. I was blown away because yeah. I had zero expectation, knew nothing about yeah. it. You know, I going didn't into even... it, I, I, same as you, yeah, just no idea what it was going to be about. Yeah, I'm not a trailer. serial killer. You assume it's going to be about somebody struggling with being a serial killer. Yeah, and and, and that's there, but that totally. is not what it's about. No, not really. Yeah, I think that I want to say maybe Jesse from Say of Satan recommended that I watch it. Uh huh. And I was like, okay, so you know, didn't even watch a trailer or anything like that. Didn't read the description. It was yeah. just like, hey, let's watch this. Kate and I sat down on the couch one night to watch it, and we were just like, oh man, this is really fucking sick. It's dark it and it's got some cool, you know, kind of indie movie feel uh-huh. to it. Shot on film, sixteen millimeter. I was wondering. There I was are some wondering moments where you can see like some film uh, flaws and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. I wonder why they did that instead of digital. I don't know. It couldn't have been. Maybe cheaper. they just had access to it. Like, yeah, I. There's no way it was cheaper. No. Uh-uh. Well, the budget on this was. What'd you say? Uh, 1. About one and a half million. One point four five. Yeah. Well, so now that I know that, like you told me that earlier, and I was like, "Damn, where'd all the budget go?" But now I'm like, "Well, film developing." Is yeah. A big part of that, man. Yeah. I mean, the no real big names. Christopher Lloyd's the biggest name in this. Yeah. Um, it's about it, really. It's about it. Max Records had only done. A couple of other things. That and chick was in Breaking Bad. Laura stuff. Fraser, yeah, Laura she's Fraser. she's great. She's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, she's very good. Uh, she was in A Knight's Tale. She's in Breaking Bad. She's in a ton of things. They're like all over the place, and she's really great. Yeah. Um, the core actors in this are great. Yes. Yes, definitely. Christopher there are Lloyd some does others an awesome job. That aren't as great. Yeah, <laughs> but and, they only have like one or two lines. Yeah, each. and they're great. They're great they're not lines. Great. They're no, not great. they're not necessarily great. the The dividing line starts at the sister. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, because she's not a bad actress, but she's not on par with everybody else. It doesn't seem. Yeah, I just don't really think there's much need for her. I don't think that role either. was necessary. No. They could have cut it entirely. They could have cut a bunch of things from this. I think, and we'll talk more about that. But I think a lot of those things that we're talking about it though are because it was adapted from the book. Yep. And people that were fans of the book, I'm sure, wanted to see those characters. Uh-huh. And, the, and that is one of the praises that this movie gets. It gets a lot of praise. This movie is not in any way overlooked by critics. Critics, yeah. it's got like a 92% yeah, rating like, on Rotten I, Tomatoes. Or I don't know a lot of people that have seen it, but the people yeah. that have seen it like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is one of the big things people said is that it's a, a faithful adaptation from the novel. So okay. a lot of those things probably are explored more in the novel. Uh-huh. There would be reason for the dad storyline that doesn't really... Yeah. Unfold. What's up with that? Yeah. Um, the reason for, you know, the sister being there, because really in the movie, there's no reason for her. No. Except to show that the, she doesn't like the mom, but we don't get any, like, closure on that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I don't like mom. There's kind of some dead I'm here. ends. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely kind of some plot dead ends and stuff. Yeah. Even like the, the, the plot line with the bully and stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, uh, you get two scenes with the bully. You, we uh, are introduced to him, find out he's a dick. Yeah. Then uh, uh, John, like 10 minutes later in the movie, tells him, uh, I'm actively trying to not kill you all the time. Yeah. And then he's scared of it. Yeah. And then that's it. It seems like that character is mainly there just for that little bit of exposition yes. to tell us that whenever John is thinking about killing somebody, he, he says, says something, something nice, nice instead. Yeah. But honestly, it's like, I didn't need that. It's no, like I, I get it. Yeah. yeah, we already get He's talked to his therapist about yeah. his uh, sociopathy and stuff. Like, yeah. We get it. We don't need that extra bit. Yeah. Like, it, it might have been interesting... 
even if in order to show the level of how much of a sociopath this kid is if he did actually like secretly hurt kill, him like yeah. kill him yeah you know and drag him off into the woods or something yeah. and then didn't tell his therapist about it then then we'd have this real sense of danger where it's like oh shit this kid is fucked up yeah exactly you know we don't ever really get that sense that he is actually fucked up okay and that's that's We're something that i was going to ask only you. Yeah. yeah do you think that he is a sociopath it's like do you think that he know. is a potential serial killer it, he apparently in the book he is yeah he shows signs of it yeah but he i mean i don't know i'm obviously surprisingly not a therapist or a psychiatrist what yeah i mean what i used to be what am i paying be, you for jesus i used to be i got dis, disbarred is that what they call it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of course because i figured out the truth yeah and uh they were like hey well, what's the truth and i was like goop Scientology. What is Paltrow's thing? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Get yeah. yourself some va- vagina rocks. That's right. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because <laughs> he does some stuff in this movie that is sociopathic. He does. You know. He does, and and he mentions do like uh, animal uh, abuse or animal torture, like that he had yeah. done it in the past. And but they don't show it. Thankfully, I'm yeah. glad they didn't. Yeah, that's fine. But you know what's interesting is I was kind of reading about the books and stuff a little bit. And if I'm not mistaken, it said that in the book he's a vegetarian. Huh. Okay. Uh, but you see him interacting with with meat a couple times in yeah. the movie, like in the cafeteria scene where he's yeah, he's sort of deep taking the the meat off the. The chicken leg. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's very clinical. I don't remember if it ever shows him eating it. No, it doesn't. Like, it'd be kind of interesting if he was a vegetarian that just enjoyed, you know, again, pulling the meat off of these bones in just a morbid kind of sense. And then later he's seeing his mom taking the... Yeah, giblets out of that turkey. Giblets out of the turkey, and he's sort of obsessively staring at it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that this... I think there should have been more focus in the storytelling on letting us know that that's what he's doing when he's sort of staring off in the distance. Yeah. That he's obsessing about things. Yeah, yeah. Not that he's just sort of like... Uh, sick. Sick, look at that. Yeah. Turkey giblets. <laughs> yeah. It's Meat like, off the bone. It's that he's like staring at it and thinking about taking apart bodies and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and how fascinating it is too. Yeah. Well, that's something that I, I read in a lot of Dahmer interviews and stuff is he just wanted to take things apart and mm-hmm. see what's inside of them and stuff. That's a yeah. very kind of common thing to see with a lot of these types i i got i had some of that as a kid but only with electronics oh yeah i didn't want to actually i guess technically i i was kind of excited to do frog dissection and and that was uh, cool fetal pig dissection and in school but like i was never never thought you know it'd be fun to torture an animal to death and then see what's inside of it what i'm thinking about though is what if with your fascination with taking apart electronics and stuff yeah to see what's inside them and makes it work what if there's an alternate storyline where you're born like 2000 years in the future and you're like Uh, yeah i want to take apart my nanny bot and Uh see what's inside of yeah that's great (laughs) robot serial killer yeah exactly write that down trademark down lovely okay (laughs) Robot serial killer, but he's not a robot who's a serial killer. He serial kills robots. Yeah. Oh, we just explained Blade Runner. Oh shit! God damn it! Fuck. But you know he does some things in this that are that are definitely creepy and and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed this time through that whenever he watches that guy get killed out on the ice, I guess he like jizzes. 
I think he peed himself. I don't think so. You think so? You know? uh, yeah, because like, there's a lot of these killers that, that will get oh, like, yeah, yeah. super sexually excited. Yeah, to see uh, Gacy, die. the first time oh, he God, yes. killed, he said he had a mind-numbing orgasm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened because it's, like, it's, not, it's not much. It okay. just shows it for like a second. Yeah. It's just like a little stain on his on his. But trousers. doesn't his aunt smell it? Like, yeah, I know. That was... Why would she smell... Like, I don't know. Well, Why would you pick up your nephew's pants and smell it? Maybe she's a fucking sociopath. Maybe so. I mean, it does... It, there's a familial connection there oftentimes. With, there is indeed. Uh, hey, it's not sociopathy or psychopathy. I, like, those aren't the technical terms. Yeah, yeah. The antisocial behavioral disorder is what he has. Right. Yeah. Uh, antisocial personality disorder is also a thing like that, but we don't we don't get much into that. We have mm-hmm. him talking to his therapist, but his therapist is not a psychiatrist. His therapist is there to help him deal with his thoughts. He's there to help him deal with his thoughts and watch yeah. birds. Yeah, and to watch birds <laughs> for one for reason, one reason and one reason only, and that is. So that in the second time that they're talking, they can be on the roof with a pair of binoculars because he's looking at a bird. And then, of course, John can take the binoculars and see the transient guy who he thinks is the serial killer. Right. But it then turns out that he's not. But that's the only reason for his therapist to be into birds. Yeah. Because then after that, they don't meet outside anymore. No. They just meet inside after that. He never speaks about birds again. Yeah. Which I imagine in the book, there's more about it. Like, there's got to be, I would think. And that transient guy, it, it's kind of interesting. And I just, I think I just noticed it this time. Because, uh, well, obviously, if, if you're listening to this, this is going to be loaded with, with spoilers. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Bottom line is, watch the movie if you haven't. Because yeah. it's one of those that has kind of a kind of a surprise to it. Yeah. Uh, that if you already know about it, then it's not going to be that surprising. And here it is. Boom. It's that Christopher Lloyd is something. An yeah. alien or a demon or something. he's a Groot. He's a Groot thing. He's a Groot thing that's black. Yeah, but that first time, whenever um, that transient guy goes like mm-hmm. ice fishing, yeah, with with Christopher Lloyd and Bill. Bill, and right before Christopher Lloyd kills him with his like root hand thing, uh-huh. that guy is raising a knife. Yeah, on that him. guy is gonna kill him. So, um, he wasn't wrong. That, yeah, that, that is a was theme right. that kind of happens in this. Is that nobody. Nobody's ever really wrong when they take these real weird leaps because yeah. Max says at one point that the serial killer is a werewolf. Yeah. He's not exactly wrong. No. Like it is some it is a, a human that turns into a creature. Mm, mm-hmm. Like everybody makes these wild sort of guesses that are foreshadowing uh what does happen. And it's actually not like intrusive foreshadowing. No. It's a sort of thing that watching it through because I, I watched it twice leading up to this yeah watching it through that second time i noticed like oh all these things that they're saying early on really do come back like um but at the same time some of those things it's like there's no real payoff to that right yeah, like yeah, just because yeah. it comes back doesn't mean that's a payoff like there, there's no reason for us to have heard that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And then this happens. I kind of get the idea that he's he's almost one of those guys that's going to become like a um, like a John Douglas who is a, a sociopath uh-huh. that knows how to pick out. Yeah. 
other killers and stuff because he himself has those same tendencies like yeah you know, you know john douglas and stuff yeah i read about him actually i was reading a bunch about serial killers before cool. i left yeah yeah um and i i've done that my whole life like it's really surprising to me to find new ones yeah a lot oh i know all Jesus the Christ. time so humans it's, are the worst humans are the <laughs> humans worst are the worst uh-huh. i think after we get done with these i'm gonna start trying to learn more about like serial killers in the animal kingdom like uh-huh. this cheetah <laughs> that was just off the fucking chain you know yeah stuff like that there is the theory that that serial killing itself is is a, a product of the modern world and mm-hmm. it's, it's i a, doubt that it i do too yeah but we don't have enough accurate detail no. and don't have enough like accurate criminal records from the past because like uh you know people gilles de Ray, the french guy who supposedly killed orphans and masturbated onto their corpses and stuff oh like he sucking a bleh. he served with uh joan of arc and, oh wow jesus and the church said all these things about him yeah yeah but well, so who knows then? Yeah, yeah. They also took all of his property when they decided he committed all those crimes because he hung around with a woman what wore pants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like that's a little all of the serial killers we know about in those like pre nineteenth century times. Yeah, we're not really sure if they were serial killers, but they're definitely probably were. I think we so. just don't know I definitively. I can't imagine that that people being born with their uh, creative and destructive wires being all cross, yeah. mixing sex and violence and stuff. I cannot imagine that that's a recent development. Yeah, There's I no know. way. I know. It's crazy, though. I mean, because, like, it would be around the Enlightenment where we would start to really get the stories. So the mid-18th century in yeah. England would start to really get people putting together evidence and things. Because that, that was when people started really... Uh, cutting back or uh destroying hoaxes there was a woman okay. who uh said that she was giving birth to rabbits yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You heard about that uh-huh. yeah and that was like a big thing was trying to disprove that she was giving birth to rabbits like, and, she, and it was disproven it was disproven yeah and a ton of shit like that like they they always wanted to disprove these things and so they were working towards thinking in the the methodical way you need to think to start to recognize wait a second yeah a lot of these killings that are happening all have similar motives or similar like patterns. That's to them. the thing is like in the pre-enlightenment age, how easy would it have been to be like living in a village, sniping people off the, and being like, guys, a vampire. Am I right? It's a fucking demon yes. or a witch. Life, <laughs> like, easy. It would have been so easy if you had half a brain back then mm-hmm. to just go into a new town and say, my name's Underhill. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, okay, that's uh, Lord Underhill. He's come in. <laughs> A good job. I hear good things about him. Credits for you. And then you get everything on credit and you go to the next town and you have a different name and nobody can fucking go on the internet. No. Uh-uh. What are they going to do? Yeah. But of yeah. course, going town to town, you might get killed by some brigands. Exactly. So like the fucking world was insane back then. <laughs> So there were definitely serial killers. There has to be. I think so. Yeah, yeah, there has to have been for sure, mm-hmm. man, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know if if uh, our main character here, uh, John, yeah. is really a serial killer or not. I like yeah. that they show him kind of like rehearsing lines, like how he's going to talk to people yeah. and stuff. That's and really his, cool. His name kind of gives a, 
All right, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Okay, let's his, talk name about is, this. his name is kind of lame. It's John Wayne Cleaver, which is a combination, of course, of John Wayne Gacy yeah. and Beaver Cleaver. I think that was also the first pick for Marilyn Manson, and he, he'd scrapped it. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds right. John Wayne Cleaver. Right? That does that actually really exactly does sound what right. That is. that is. Oh my god, that's what he was doing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I will talk about the author of this book in a second, but I I also wanted to add Beaver Cleaver. Yes. is a uh tool used in a male to female sex change. Beaver Cleaver. The Beaver Cleaver. <laughs> That's when they <laughs> cleave the beef. They turn the penis okay. inside yeah. out and sort of stick it in. Uh-huh, yeah. And they cleave right. little beef there. I wonder if they ever use that joke. That's really good. I bet they do. It's got to be. <laughs> That's pretty anyway, good, Steve. so That's Beaver Cleaver. Um, so was this kid's parents just trying to create a monster? Because yeah. they're like, you know what we should do? We already own this funeral home business where we embalm bodies and stuff. Yeah. Let's also name them after fucking john wayne gacy there this, this is what happens when when young uh when young people get into these true crime podcasts and start having kids you create <laughs> monsters <laughs> look at what you're sense. doing yeah um so here's the thing though about the name is yeah. all right well first off uh my my dad wanted to name me john wayne Spratley. i remember this mm-hmm. yeah uh, after the cowboy john wayne yeah uh and my mom uh vetoed that because God bless her. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, now there are two famous John Wayne last names. There's John Wayne Gacy and there's John Wayne Bobbitt. Of course. Um, but there's also the one famous John Wayne. And I think that he displays characteristics of a John Wayne character and that the John Wayne Gacy oh. connection is actually a red herring. Really? Yeah, I think he displays in this movie. I don't know the book at all. Yeah. In this movie, he displays more characteristics of a John Wayne character who sees more than he lets on, who mm. knows more about what's going on. He's than, not interested in romance. And he's stuff. not interested in romance. Yeah, he's more of the John Wayne type. Huh, that's funny. And so his John Wayne Cleaver name is more of John Wayne plus innocent sweet beaver cleaver type of thing yeah yeah because he looks innocent and sweet yeah interesting but again the book i, I believe he is legit like a serial killer <laughs> like, he's like holding back the rage and desire to kill yeah but in this movie it he does come across more as more as an edgy kid, like an edge lord. Like he's read yeah. about this shit on 4chan, and he's like, "If I say these things, it makes me cool." I know, I know, right? Yeah, like that—that's the kind of thing that I wonder about. Yeah, is if it was supposed to be played that way or not? Cause it does come across that way. Yeah. Have you ever met anybody that you think this guy could fucking kill people? Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, I think I've met probably more like four or five. Yeah. Where I'm like, this guy probably will definitely kill people. Yeah. A guy I played football with killed a girl that rode my bus in high school. Holy shit. Yeah. Why? Um, He wanted to kill somebody, basically. That <laughs> He will made up a flimsy it. pretext that she had ratted somebody out or yeah. something to get people on his side. Yeah. But then he, he just killed Jesus. Her. I don't think I know anybody that has that has actually killed someone uh Corey 
that owns the guitar vault in Morristown, Tennessee. Come he see killed us. people? Uh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Corey but... at the guitar vault. <laughs> no, no, he did not. He did not. <laughs> we keep a squeaky clean business with no murdering. No murders. <laughs> Come to the guitar vault no where murders. there are no murders. <laughs> we have like a calendar that's like, uh, you know, 812 days since last murder. You know, <laughs> that's a long time. We've it done seems. well. We've but done then well. When you think about it, it's like, so wait, just a little over two years since someone <laughs> yeah. was murdered here. <laughs> but before that, there was a killing. Well, yeah, but yeah. the record's been good. He went to school. He went to school out in fucking over home, like in oh, the middle damn. of nowhere over there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, like he, he's from like Thornhill. Jesus. Like, that's one of those places in Tennessee where it's like, uh-huh. there's people that have lived here their whole lives that don't know where Thornhill is. Yeah. I'm not even exactly sure. I think it's kind of like drive that, there. It's like that castle in Kroll that, like, changes locations all the time. <laughs> I think it's like yeah. that. But he went to school with, I want to say he's told me two or three different people who've gone on to kill people. Yeah, no, my school, yeah, there were there was a guy who killed his dad yeah. when I was a sophomore, uh, shot him 13 times with a single shot 22. Holy shit. Meaning he had to reload each time. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, one of the guys he went to school with murdered his, I think, like, girlfriend and his mo- his own mother, like, killed yeah. his mom, and it was, like, fucked up, like, beheaded her or some yeah. shit. Good God, man. Yeah, man, I've been in the presence of a lot of those, a lot of those types uh, in my life and it's one of those things where whenever you whenever you're reading about these true crime things and you're reading about Jeffrey Dahmer's and John Wayne Gacy's uh-huh. and guys like this and you're like why didn't anybody say anything it's really hard to know what to fucking do yes. it really is it, it it is I am I intervene I'm an asshole mm. I don't give a shit well I, I mean you know because of this it's yeah. because of growing up reading about serial killers that i know that like so many times somebody could have said something yeah and it would have changed everything you're right so you know just wrong. intervene what's the worst that will yeah. happen two people might murder you oh yeah no that's it yeah <laughs> you might get murdered that is the worst that would happen <laughs> that's probably why people don't get involved a it lot. might be something yeah. like that i guess yeah but yeah, it's it's interesting, man. I mean, there's there's people that I've known since they were since they were born that I'm yeah. like, oh man, even at a really early age, I'm yes. seeing them light fires. And there's one guy I and- in particular think about on a regular occasion. I know he probably will at some point kill somebody yes. if he hasn't already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did but you know? Like, what do you do about it? Yeah, like you if if nothing has happened up to a point like the police can't do anything yeah just because someone's creepy right it's real it's real hard to deal with was it and maybe this is just my, my hood from where i was at but i would say it's the same with you too growing up as a boy in the 80s yeah how many other boys did you know that were cruel to animals yep. and pyromaniacs yeah i knew a ton like all of them fucking yep. all of them thank mm-hmm. god for there Xbox are people that I, i'm glad i do not have any contact with now <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh-huh. no, and, and don't get me wrong it's like i knew plenty like well man my fucking brother and i played with fire when we were kids man yeah of course and um but you he, didn't uh, burn down a shed to watch it descend to ass, ashes right? no like, and to get a boner no yeah uh-uh. i mean yeah playing with matches and stuff is one thing yeah. setting a school on fire or something is another i remember i set the the screen on a screen door 
that shit, by the way, will burn quick. No kidding. Yeah, I set that on fire like window, on accident. Like and after that, screen. I was like, nope, no more fucking with fire. Done with that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's yeah, awesome. That was scary. Were you ever mean to animals or anything? Uh, yeah, well, I was, I think, not like, because I just didn't get, I didn't get that, like, you can't just, because, uh, like, when I was little, I would just punch people. Well, you don't know people have feelings. I mean, when you're yeah. when you're real little, you don't understand yeah. empathy. So I would just, yeah. like, hit a dog if it was annoying me or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, that, that's one I thing. I learned that pretty quickly because I, I would feel bad almost immediately. Yeah. I remember that, like, maybe, yeah, like, I had five tremendous, or six. Tremendous guilt as a kid, yeah. Yeah. Just feeling real bad about it and then being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the dog, like, the dog like understands sorry all it understands is you hit it for some reason yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah i don't think i was ever really too mean to animals or anything i remember being around other kids that were oh yeah people that are like just intentionally cruel i wonder if if kids are still like that now like, yes are boys still fucking will they grab a cat by the tail and swing it around oh still? god because that's, that's something insane. that used to happen all the fucking time i've never oh god i would no i would, I would never, never do that, do no. that. But, you know, it's like when we were kids, it was so common to see that. Or kids just like, you know, killing insects, pulling the wings off of flies. Yeah, stuff what the that's, fuck? That's stuff that I saw kids doing all the time. And I was never, I was never into that. I think I had. <laughs> yeah, it's it like, no, it can fly, fly now. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, now it's going to die, dude. Yeah. Sweet. I think that I did some, you know, burning ants with a magnifying glass. I know mm. I did that. I remember one time as a kid laying uh, like near an an ant mound and deciding which ones died and i remember feeling like i'm god yeah like i was the god of ants and then like that was another thing i think i started studying serial killers later it was just like oh like that's the feeling thereafter yeah like that feeling of like i decide yeah yeah yeah. like i'm in control all the all the ants behind this ant get to see this ant get killed I think that there's even something I'm not going to say that's good or that's right but I think that that's even something about being a child where everybody is in charge of everything that you do yeah oh yeah you're You're pushing boundaries you're trying to figure out where your power is where you can finally like take some control and at that age I couldn't go out and get uh, a Green Day record so it was like (laughs) I guess I can fucking kill these things and see that's the thing that's I think the thing for me is that my I wasn't restricted mm-hmm. much as a child at I was all very very much yeah and so like when i think back to those moments where like i would have that power i would i would like reflect on it yeah, yeah. i remember reflecting on that as that was happening and being like this is weird right like the feeling i'm having yeah like, yeah this is strange that this i feel so powerful yeah this but, is working like, for me but it's not powerful they're ants right yeah it's yeah. just yeah i remember a lot of those thoughts especially thoughts about like just like uh making other people feel bad mm-hmm. and realizing like oh my god i just like yeah it felt powerful in that moment to be able to make someone feel bad but because i can do that i shouldn't yeah yeah do that right so like yeah, it's a real important that, moment. You have to push that boundary to find yeah, that out. 
it's a real important moment in a kid's life to push a boundary and then find out oh i shouldn't do that right yeah uh, because it makes i me feel bad. bad and that person feels bad yeah right 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 yeah so as a person growing up who might be a serial killer i assume you don't do that yeah i assume that you go you do those things and you go, yeah, that feels great. Well, and then you go, I awesome. want, mo- I want more. It's I like want if, more. If an ant's yeah. not enough, then I'm gonna kill this kitty. And then right. I'm gonna kill this dog. Then I'm gonna kill this yeah. horse. Now I'm gonna kill this person. Yeah. 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 Even like Richard, um, I can't remember if it was Chase or Ramirez would like kill fucking cows and horses, like big animals. Oh shit. Big animals, dude. I think it was Ramirez, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, because I, I don't think Richard, Richard Chase, all of his shit happened real quick. It's like two basically. days. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. But the lead up was crazy Insane. that guy had been out of his mind uh-huh. for fucking 10 years or something yeah. before he killed anybody he was on acid and shit all the time uh-huh. dude his story is fucked oh my See, god that's the up. thing about hallucinogens because i love hallucinogens and i will take them at the drop of a hat yeah but that's i know that about myself i know that i can take them and be completely in control yeah yeah or uh uh blissfully out of control mm-hmm. where it's just like it's fine yeah everything's gonna be fine but there are people who have a predisposition to mental illness that, that they take a hallucinogen and it opens up the mind to the point that that mental illness is just like, yes, yeah, exactly. I can come in now. Yeah, it kicks the door down. Ta-da, right? here I am. Yeah, Schizophrenia. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah, but you also, because of the hallucinogens, are feeling like, yes, this is good and great. Yeah, exactly. Tripping balls. Uh-huh. So now I'll just kill a random person as I'm walking yeah. over. And if, oh, man, dude, his, his whole story. Richard Chase is insane. It yeah. is absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that the way that um, that John in this movie knows that he has this disposition and stuff uh-huh. is why he gets interested in following around our, our yes. killer. You know, yeah. I think that that's the that's he wants the to understand him. Well, and you know what I was thinking about with this is okay when he first sees, uh, damn it, Bill is that right? Yeah, Bill. Whenever he first sees Bill kill that guy, and it's not like I stabbed him with a knife or shot him. He's yeah, like, I look. turn into a monster, and my hands like a tree. <laughs> yeah, I got a weird monster hand. Yeah, he, John doesn't go and like tell anybody. No, not only that. No. not only that. I just saw my neighbor murder somebody. He needs to be fucking called in and put in jail. But also. I saw a monster man. I saw a monster. <laughs> I saw a monster he man. He doesn't tell anybody. That is okay. There there should have been at least a scene like okay, there shouldn't have been. Okay. What what does happen is right is he is more interested in understanding than in telling. Yeah. Because telling means he doesn't get to explore it further and find out more of what happened. That's what I think is the thing, too, is because he has this system of checks and balances he keeps with himself. I think he's equally fascinated to see what killing would be like because he knows he's not going to allow himself to do it. So if this had been a movie where he's not actually a serial killer, that would have been a moment where he would have been like, like there would have been the expositional scene of him walking home talking to himself like i can't tell anybody they won't believe me right yeah yeah, we don't need that because he's not going to tell anybody because he really does want to see this play out yeah but he also it seems to me has an ulterior motive of if this person is a serial killer it's okay if i kill them like Mm. that seems Mm. to be part of his motivation is he wants to kill the serial killer 
Ooh. because he feels like I could do that and justify and it. justify it, and nobody will be Damn, angry. Damn, that's me. an angle that I really fucking wish they would have taken with yeah. this. That would be really fucking. Cool. I think it's there some. Well, that like, kinda, you know what that kind of goes into. That kind of goes into. Um, I would consider kind of a cousin to this movie, The End of the Fucking World. Yeah. Which is that Netflix oh, series. Oh, God, that's awesome. so good. And the how end of the he's fucking, like... Okay, this I love. Yes. I think The End of the Fucking World explores this better. I, I think so, yeah. too. I think so, too. Because like I love how in that movie, the or, or that series, the main dude is like trying to find who he's going to murder. He's yeah. like, I'm trying to find the perfect person to murder. Right. And I think it's you. Like That could have been an element of this movie where, like you said, he, he just can't... Uh, he can't fight it. He has to murder somebody. Right. He's going to do it. So it might as well be someone who justly deserves to die. Yeah, exactly. Dexter style. Basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, because I know this is a book series, for me, in a lot of ways, this seems almost like a pilot episode of a CBS show about a serial killer mm. who tamps down his serial killing desires by... Working in a morgue (laughs) and discovering who the serial killers are and then killing them. Right. That's, I mean, that's Dexter completely. It is, but it's like a teenager in more low level rather than him being a cop. So it would be CBS. Yeah. And he wouldn't, like, by killing them, like, we'd never see it on screen. No. Yeah. And I would watch it and be like, it's okay. It could be better. It could be way better. Yeah. (laughs) But that is Mark Harmon on this. I don't get (laughs) what's going on here. But, you know, that would have been a really cool angle to see. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, him, him stalking this guy and staking him out to be like, it's totally okay if I murder this guy. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the fact that we never get any kind of explanation, closure, insight, anything into what the fuck Bill is? That drove me nuts. I like Did it? watching okay. it through again. I was like, I want to find the clue. Like, what does he... I think he's supposed to be a demon. Okay. And the thing that makes me think that is what he says to what's her name? Kay, his wife. Yeah. Is that uh, I love you more than anything in heaven or hell. He does say that. Yeah. 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 That's kind of a telling line, isn't it? Yeah. So I I think he's supposed to be a demon. I wondered if that was some kind of a literary reference, like how he's referencing Blake. Well, yeah. I mean, he kept her. Yeah. William Blake. That would be a reference to Blake for sure. Yeah. With the songs of innocence and songs of uh, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think so maybe think it is demon. actually. Now that I think about it, it's definitely a Blake reference. I didn't yeah. even consider that. So like the spiritual aspect might not be a thing. Yeah. So it's but was he innocence an and experience? This is yeah. This is all Blake. I'm just now catching it. Okay. It's innocence and experience. He's the experienced serial killer. He's the tiger. Um. And 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 John is he's the, the innocent. He's yeah. the lamb. He, but he, they're both serial killers. They're, they're two sides of the same coin, just like Songs of Innocence and Songs but of that, Experience. But that poem where it's like Tiger, Tiger, or something. Burning something. Bright, yeah. Yeah, Burning mm-hmm. Bright, like How Are You Made and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's basically Max's reaction to seeing Bill in his element of just like, oh my God, like you're a monster on the loose. What yeah. are you? That's cool. That is cool. That is actually that. really That's cool. That's pretty yeah. neat, actually. It's a cool, cool thing to kind of stumble across. Um, I should point out the author of this is Mormon. Mormon? Yeah. Served a mission in Mexico type of Mormon. Mission in Mexico. Cabo Wabo. Yep. That's what those missions are like. <laughs> a lot of fucking MTV hanging out break. with Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Not driving 55 for oh, sure. Hell no. 
Remember all the MTV like uh, those were great. Yeah, they really were great. They like fun. I, I mean, people could say like, "Oh, you're objectifying all those kids." Those kids are going to be doing that if you have a camera or yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. Totally. You're not asking girls to show boobs on TV. It's not girls gone wild. It's just kids having a bunch of fucking fun, and then some idiot VJ saying. Here we are at Spring Break, Panama City. Woo! Dude, if it was that Jeremy Camp guy, I was turning the fucking TV off. That was Steve. Was it Camp? Je- or was, was it Jesse? Jesse, Jesse Camp. Camp. Oh, fuck that oh, guy. Fuck that guy, man. That that was, yeah. He looked like he was made of like flexi straws and he wore like hippie gear. <laughs> he, and was he was always talking so stupid, man. Yeah, and that, like. Fuck that guy. He Dave Holmes was in that that contest i remember right dave holmes who ended up getting hired by mtv because oh, he actually right, right. knew yeah, yeah, was actually music there. yeah yeah uh and is still awesome he has a podcast oh really yeah he's great yeah that's cool you can check him out on a ton of shows too. It's one of those big breaks that actually kind of worked out exactly yeah. fascinating <laughs> so unheard the, of the people chose that jesse camp dude but fuck that guy man anyway he fucking sucked i hated that guy but those spring, spring breaks break. did look like fun so this was written by a mormon it was it was written by a mormon and that's interesting to me because normally anytime mormons do anything it it's religious like there's yeah. something religious about it yeah, and yeah, yeah. i'm okay so the use of blake and the lamb that could be a reference to jesus of course of course but it doesn't maybe it comes through more in the book but in this movie there's that jesus connection is kind of destroyed yeah i think it's more of a the the difference between a, a blooded serial killer and an unblooded like the serial killer who hasn't killed is right. the lamb and the serial killer who has killed is the tiger. Completely makes sense. Yeah. Completely makes sense. Yeah. You know, getting back to the thing about the about the monster. Right. You know, the fact that Christopher Lloyd is this is is Groot. Is this some, thing. Yeah. yeah some this sort of weird black thing. oil Groot. Uh-huh. Greasy Groot. <laughs> Greasy <I don't> know. <laughs> Groot. I uh the girls will all cream. <laughs> Grease Groot. <laughs> I I thought the creature design was was pretty cool. Yeah, but I also kind of think that you could have definitely gone without ever showing it. Yeah, that kind of would have been a bit better. Like he could have just if been, he had just died and like the black ooze had come out of him and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like that could even just represent the evil inside of him that's also inside yeah. uh, uh, John and stuff too. Yeah, that's a pretty simple solution. But having him take off bill's skin like it's a jacket uh-huh. and step out and then you know kill himself with the uh with the embalming thing yeah a um, weird way to kill yourself it's kind of an odd way to go yeah. out for sure probably very uncomfortable i bet i just think that all this stuff could have played out just fine and they could have saved a few bucks and just not shown us that just like have christopher yeah. lloyd die on the table say the same stuff take care of his i think wife, maybe they just yada, had yada. a good creature design and they were like let's go for it like, again it's probably in the book so they kind of yeah serviced it they kind of had to show it i guess yeah i really want to read the book now yeah I really i'm do. actually way more interested and knowing it's a series like yeah three or that, four parts i think yeah i think there are like four parts out okay yeah yeah so i don't know i think that they could have gone without ever actually showing us the monster but yeah, it did look. That it did look pretty cool. I mean, we've talked about adaptation so many times, and it really is an issue because in a novel, you're never showing. Yeah, and the best way to tell a story in a visual medium is to show, not tell. Yes. So when you at 
you're doing an adaptation of a novel to a film you have to recognize that so many of these descriptive moments yeah don't fit into a movie no and so many of those dialogue moments don't fit into a movie and like right. a, a novel can have an a b c d e f g story like at most a c story in in a movie that's like three hours long right you want to go a b yeah and in this like so many like story dead ends, so many moments where it's like okay yeah. why does that happen why does this happen we don't need that etc it could use some cleaning up. It could use, could some, use tidying some cleaning up. up. But you know? again, of course, the people who were going to be interested in this were the people who read the book. Right. So you want to give them the things they want to see. Yeah. Just like a Harry Potter adaptation, it's exactly. always going to be yep. the the difference between, you know, taking 500 pages of The uh, Prisoner of Azkaban or something. Turning into a two-hour movie. Turning into a two-hour movie. You got to cut a whole bunch of stuff. And we'll a lot put- of it's going to make some of the story not makes sense yeah yeah i was gonna say or you just put everything in and everything is paper thin and it doesn't really yeah add up or make sense if you've not read the book right this might be one of those situations where we talked about when you when you watch the azkaban movie if you've never read the book it's just like what the fuck is this yeah why why is all this happening yeah this is by no means at that level but i'm sure that there are elements of it that we would understand more if we if we read the book yeah what'd you think about some of the let's let's talk about kind of some of the horror elements of this because it's not it's not what I would call a straight horror movie. No, it's more of a it's more of a thriller in a lot of ways. Psychological kind of thriller, but they did horror it up a little bit. They did, you know, with some of those like jump scares and stuff in the movie. Yeah, there are three jump scares in the movie. Yeah, um, that irritated me. I can't say that they did a lot for me. Yeah, the one is when he's at the therapist's office and he's talking about the woman walking across the street. Yeah, in the bus. Uh, and then suddenly the bus hits her, oh, but it's yeah, actually yeah. just his imagination. Right. We didn't need that. Not extremely necessary. No. Yeah. Um, another one is near the, uh, like at the exact end, actually, when he's just talking to Kay mm-hmm. and the alarm suddenly goes off. Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, well that was really cheap. Yeah. Why did that just happen? <laughs> Needlessly startling. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but it was it was it's also cheap. just needless. Yeah, just some like, why, okay, why is that happening? Like, what? This is a psychological thriller, a psychological horror. Let's stick with the psychological. We don't need the. I don't need to suddenly feel like ah yeah when I'm the whole time thinking like what the fuck this yeah. is fucked up. I that's fine. That's I, enough for me. I yeah. don't need more than this is fucked up. Yeah, the fact that we're exploring like the darkest side, the most extreme side of humanity yeah. in the form of a teenager, that's fucked up enough. It's way fucked up. Yeah, yeah I don't need to also be like oh shit, yeah. a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Who threw that cat? <laughs> there's some. Uh, there's some. I don't know, not a lot of kills in this movie, really. There's not no. a lot of on-screen stuff, which I assume is budgetary. I guess technically, how many? there are probably like six kills technically in the movie, but nothing really shown except yeah. for the kill on the ice. The kill on the ice whenever he kills himself by stabbing yeah. himself with the, the embalmer. Uh-huh. But the other people, it's all just sort of implied. A lot of off-screen. The one yeah. on the ice, though, like we, we see him actually pull his own lungs out yeah. and then pull the lungs of the other guy out. Wait, does it show him pull his own lungs out? Uh-huh. 
just what? pull him out and they're like flopping like he like throws them down and he's like not breathing i somehow missed that yeah it's really cool because before you killed him he was kind of like having that coughing fit yeah and yeah, then yeah. he puts those lungs in and he's fine because he's kind of like killing these people to keep himself alive more yeah or less. that's the thing and replacing he, parts like he killed a guy who was christopher lloyd in the 40s or 50s mm-hmm. they think he said 40 years ago so i guess it was the 70s mm-hmm. um, took his skin i guess took his skin yeah and became him so how and old since is then he? he's have, having to replace all these different body parts yeah which is which is cool yeah it's a real cool idea i like it yeah definitely so and you know there's some tense moments and stuff in this that i'd say are kind of kind of horrifying that entire scene where Okay, and this is one that I want you to kind of explain and see what you think about okay. this. Whenever John goes into Bill's house and uh-huh. like beats up his wife and like yeah, takes photos and happen? stuff. I'm not exactly clear on that because it seems like he was trying to do some kind of a power play to be like, <sighs> yeah. hey, I, I, can, I can fuck up this thing that you love so much. But why, but why? exactly? Yeah, why? because at that point, it hadn't gotten personal. It's not like... It's not like Bill was threatening Max's family or anything like that. Why did like why did he get a GPS tracker? Cuz the no. only thing he used it for was so that he could go in, attack his wife, yeah, and then see him come back. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. And then he true, goes yeah. into the trunk while like he's the guy is just upstairs like my wife. Yeah. Um and he takes the time to go into the trunk of his car to get the GPS tracker. Why? That's true. I forgot about that. What does that. it matter? Yeah, at that point, what does and it matter? And then also discovers that his therapist is in the backseat dead. Because he lured and him And again, out. the whole time I'm thinking, why? Okay. What a turn was, of events. Somebody was just at your house, like, attempting to kill your wife. Just look out the windows when you're hearing a bunch of, like, trunks slamming and yeah. shit. Just like, like, that sounded like my car door. Ah, I see. So it was you yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also real coincidental that for some reason the mom gives her son that she knows is a sociopath who wants to kill people a mask for Christmas. <laughs> Did the mom give him Which, that or was it the dad? It was the mom. The, the dad mom. gave him the MP3 that was supposed MP3 player that was supposed to be filled with songs that were important to them. Yeah, it was empty. But actually was empty. Ooh. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. I hate that dad. That'll turn into something. Oh, nope. No, nope. not really. Doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't really gotcha. Go anywhere. Yeah, we never found out why the dad wasn't there or anything. Yeah. Which isn't a big deal, but they could have just cut it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't I need that. So. Yeah, that scene where he attacks the uh the old lady, he seems to also be kind of remorseful. He does. He seems to like her. So he puts her in recovery position. He wants her to survive. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I don't know if he feels remorse or some... Like, or if he's just scared that he crossed his a, own line. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, I was going to say, it's a calculation in some way. He's yeah. thinking, it's better if I didn't kill her. Right. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the soundtrack in this flick? It's good. I think the soundtrack is killer. Yeah, it You're, starts off strong. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the parts of it reminded me of, like, Phantasm. A lot of it was kind oh, of similar to the Phantasm. This actually reminded me of Phantasm a number of times. Hmm. Specifically whenever um, he's uh, he sees the transient guy get in the car with him. Yeah. And then he catches up with them on his bike. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's just like in Phantasm yeah, that how that kid yeah, can yeah, always yeah. seem to catch up with his <laughs> brother up with on that his muscle bike. car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is some Phantasm element I like so. to this of uh, like the surreal quality and dreamlike. Like in the end, like okay, 
His mom immediately is okay with embalming a living man. Right. Yeah. So is this a dream? Or is his mom also a sociopath? That would make sense. Because she really is immediately like he's just like he's the serial killer. And she's like, cool, let's embalm him while he's still alive. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do something fucked up. Yeah. He attacked me. So fuck it. Yeah. That's, I don't think how most people would react. That's not how my mom would react, I don't think. No, no. My mom would be like, let's call the police. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think my mom would give him a good scolding, say she's disappointed in him. We should also talk about how embalming's a scam and bad for the environment. Man, fuck all that, dude. Like, I have no reason, whenever I'm dead and gone, to burden my loved ones with the extra cost of Mm -hmm. pumping me full of shit that won't just... It's like $10,000 or something. Good God. For... A lot, all of that shit they do, just to let me not do what I was designed to do, which is rot and fertilize the earth. Are you you know what? Here's here's a, a truth everyone should know: they keep you refrigerated. The reason for embalming was to keep bodies from decomposing out in normal room temperature air. Right. Yeah, they yeah, keep yeah. you refrigerated yeah, before the lockers. funeral. Yeah. And then afterwards, they bury you. There's no reason to fill yourself with chemical. No. You're not going to... The reason it all got popularized was because uh, they wanted to tour Lincoln around the country to show people that the president had died and they filled him with formaldehyde to keep him from rotting. Seriously? Yeah. And it became popularized. I like Lincoln. Yeah, I want to do the same thing Lincoln did. Good enough for him. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Funeral industry in general is terrible. There's just no reason for it, period. There's none. And God only knows, man, like... What those chemicals and stuff do to the earth. They do a lot. Formaldehyde is not good. I mean, we all have formaldehyde in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at high levels, it's very bad. Yeah. It's only good for preserving those little frogs and things you dissect in the biology class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're preserving something for a scientific reason, it makes sense. When you're just doing it so that your pep pep doesn't look like... He's dead. Yeah. Like, he'll be fine. They're keeping him in a refrigerator up until the moment they show him to you. Yeah, exactly. Or just don't bother with that open casket fucking Yeah, morbidity. how about this? Fuck Donate that. your Ugh. organs. There yeah. are people be out useful. there that need them. Yeah. You know what? Like, uh, recently, my, my wife's uh, grandmother died. Yeah, yeah. And she did. She donated her entire body. Yeah, sure. And what they do is they take the organs or whatever or if specifically none of the organs are viable and they're using you for uh students or whatever yeah they they have you until you've been used and then they cremate you for free and send the ashes back to your parents do they really or the the family family. if they want them i did not know that interesting donate your body to science save your family some money and maybe save some lives yeah exactly yeah maybe you benefit somebody and free cremation yeah wow yeah and man just fucking the whole embalming a body just to throw it in the earth in a big in a big lacquered if you do want to be buried just be naturally buried no box just a shroud be buried you will become part of the earth yeah it's a much more beautiful idea than a person rotting in a box for some reason yeah exactly and that box just being there and everything just eating up real yeah. estate dude it's like they're not making more land there's nothing quit it with the fucking there's uh, nothing cemeteries. worse to do to your family than to expect them to spend fifteen thousand dollars on a funeral yeah seriously right just to say remember this person like yeah. they're going to do that anyway yeah exactly like let's skip that part 
let's do let's all have a wake get drunk and talk about how the great that person was yeah that seems like a better idea to me yep. yeah i'm with you man the the whole thing just reeks of a fucking scam to me. It it's is stupid. Now in this movie, there's also a lot of references to other real life serial killers oh, yeah. and stuff. So it is kind of acknowledging that it is in the real life uh-huh. world. He wrote a report on uh, Dennis Rader, BTK killer. Right. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Whoa. Remember do you, he got caught like Not when we were ago. in college. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching him doing his like closing <laughs> arguments. Uh, Not closing arguments, but like, I guess, responding to the victims yeah and it was like seriously just like a guy who was so detached from reality just saying like i i'm not responsible for these things etc and the no, same is said of john frigid. wayne gacy that like yeah, dude. he just he he saw everything as a conspiracy against him. every accusation yeah was everyone conspiring to put these things on him that he actually did yeah dude yeah but yeah so dennis rader uh jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy are all mentioned specifically Mm -hmm. um we get you know they they go into the serial killer mindset a good bit they talk about the triad and things which is bedwetting animal cruelty and and pyromania yeah but that actually has fallen out of favor because bedwetting isn't a good predictor of of uh, it, well, the idea is that if you have two of them, it's a good predictor. But bedwetting actually doesn't overlap as much as they yeah, used to think. Sometimes your body just grows faster than your bladder does. And yeah, and just bedwetting can happens. be caused by a ton of things. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, what usually happens is a lot of these a, a lot of these killers and stuff were bedwetters, and then they also had extreme abusive insane parents that would like shame them yes. and make them disgusted for it that's yeah. that's more of a factor that was in like psycho two or three was i remember it? there's a particular scene where like, red dragon i think as well red dragon yeah 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 and i'll tell you too leading up to this i listened to um a really cool podcast that that kate had recommended that i check out and i think i mentioned it on a previous episode of the show but you know that um that's an extremely popular podcast sword and scale Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, their second episode mm-hmm. is really uh, is really very interesting, and it's basically a story of James Fallon, not Jimmy Fallon. Okay, but James Fallon, right? Who's a guy that was doing these studies on? He's a guy who never laughs during a skit. He, he's stone cold. Stone exactly. cold. Stone cold. James Fallon. He's <laughs> called. And basically, this guy was doing research on the brains of serial killers, of sociopaths, okay. uh, sociopaths specifically, not serial killers right. necessarily. But you know, he's finding that all of them had this distortion in the optical lobe and yeah. this other area of the brain was turned off and all this jazz. So he had all these like brain scans of sociopaths, and he was finding all these connections and stuff between them and how similar the brains were, right? And then he was also at the same time doing this research study on Alzheimer's. Where he's uh-huh. looking at the brains of Alzheimer's patients and stuff. Okay. And he he asked his family if they wanted to be part of the control group because Alzheimer's doesn't run in their family. Oh no. And so his whole family agreed to it. They got the brain scans done and stuff. And he said one day he's looking through the the pile of brain scans for the Alzheimer's things, and he comes across one that's just like perfect sociopath brain. Oh right, I know this story. Yeah. It was his. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, he's like, oh no, one of the killer brains must have got shuffled yeah. into here. And you know, his secretary was like, no, that's that's a correct batch. Uh huh. And he's like, but this is somebody in my family. That's impossible. 
And then basically, yeah, dug back enough into the coding of the file and stuff to find out it was his own, yeah, brain, his own brain scan, yeah, that he has a perfect um, sociopath mind. Uh-huh. But rather than a antisocial mind, he says he recognizes himself as having a, I think he called it a pro-social uh-huh. mind or something like that. Basically, where he is not exhibiting antisocial behavior, right. And he started crediting a lot of it to, you know, his his upbringing and stuff like that. He was always very well-loved and yada, yada. That's a huge portion of it. But that's the thing is, like, they talked about how with a lot of these cases, it's a really fascinating podcast. You should definitely listen to it. It's Uh episode number two. They have, like, a million episodes now, but it's the second episode. But they're talking about how in a lot of the the cases of these killers and stuff, some of these uh, damaged parts of the brain that are inactive and stuff it all has to do with like trauma happening extremely early in your life. Yeah, head injuries. Uh, 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 my favorite murder. They've yeah. talked about this. A it could be bit. physical or head emotional. injuries in childhood can be a very very big. big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dahmer had a big head injury yeah. when he was a kid and stuff too, and he said he's never the same after that. Uh-huh. Uh, but it could be psychological trauma, emotional trauma, or whatever. Even like a parent leaving and stuff like that, which is yeah. something that happens in this movie. The dad's not around right. and stuff. But they go through this whole explanation about how it it really does kind of rewire your brain even harder when you're young, even months old and stuff. It's yeah. pretty fascinating to, to check out and listen to. I definitely recommend it. But he has this other thing in there too, that where he was talking about how a lot of people will exhibit sociopathic traits where they mm-hmm. do something that they, they know is wrong or immoral over and over again, whether that be hurting somebody physically or emotionally, right? Uh, lying, stealing, uh-huh. whatever, and how a lot of people can just it off and brush it, brush it off and justify it by saying it's a sin. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, that you're that to used to be it. like early America. That was the the outlook on uh, people who had done terrible things like rapes and murders yeah they were seen as sinners who needed to repent no and and repent going through the process of repentance was like you're fixed right and it's like (laughs) no you're a sociopath nope not fixed at all i'm a sociopath right damn yeah really interesting you should definitely give it a listen yeah i will it's got some cool stuff i think he's also has some excerpts of Interviews with like Ted Bundy and a couple people in there oh, too. Yeah, so. I've seen I've seen a lot of Ted Bundy, um, Charles yeah. Manson interviews, um, Kulikinski, Richard Kulikinski. Yeah, that yeah, dude yeah. did Iceman. Bun- yeah, the Iceman. Jesus, dude, that guy is that cold is, as fucking like, Iceman. Exactly, and he he actually reminded that that is what I would say if this kid, if John is the way he's portrayed in this film. Yeah. He, he's a Kulikinski type. Who, right. Who could have a family and, and be leading what looks like a normal life while also torturing and murdering people and videotaping it. Yeah. Just like, separating everything. Yeah. Compartmentalizing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm the ice man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. <laughs> he just completely misses the humor. Yeah. Ripping off the dice, man. The dice. (laughs) (laughs) What's in the bowl, bitch? That was the joke. That's it. The joke was that he said bitch at the end. Right. Oh, my God. In the 80s, it was so easy to do stand-up. I know. And if you did it just fine and Johnny Carson called you over to the couch, that meant you got a television show. Yeah. And... 15 million people would see the worst show on television. Fucking terrible. 
It was insane. <laughs> it was an easier time, Steve. Yeah, it was. Steve, you got any final thoughts on this flick? You got anything else you want to add to it as far as your, oh, your likes, yeah, your like, dislikes? I mean, uh, I've mentioned a ton of things that I think could be improved, but I think it's a great movie still. I like, still like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I just noticed them because we that's what we do. We're supposed to notice these things. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed that there are a lot of sort of loose ends that are probably from the adaptation from the novel. Right. For me, this is a great movie. Um, I love how, like, you don't expect the twist, but it's not like, it's not a Shyamalan twist. It's not coming at the end of the movie. It comes pretty early in the movie. And then you're like, wait, do what? Yeah. What am I watching now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The fact that that they don't explain it. It's frustrating, but it's also kind of cool. Yeah, I'm okay it with is. it. Yeah. It's cool. That twist is definitely one of those things that, again, especially going into the movie the first time that I watched it, not knowing anything about it. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, what the fuck <laughs> yeah, now? Wait, what? Yeah, because you go in thinking it's like, okay, it's a story about a kid who has these serial killer tendencies. That's fucking creepy. Then you're like, oh, wait, what? Also fucking monsters? Yeah. <laughs> also fucking monsters. Yeah, it goes somewhere that you don't really expect it to. And on the second watch, where you know it's coming, you know, it does lose something. I think any any movie that has a little bit of a it twist does. like that, it's, yeah. it's going to lose something. And then something. you do notice a lot of the, the shortcomings. But yeah. they're not terrible, no. honestly. No. I, uh, I do think that some of those things that we suggested would make the movie better. Yeah. But I still think it's overall a good watch. It's it one is. of those that I think that... I think everybody that's a horror fan and a fan of like true crime and psychological yeah, horror stuff, yeah, yeah, I think that you'll enjoy it for sure. Yeah. It's not horribly long. It's maybe an hour, 30, hour 40. 40, hour 40. Mm-hmm. Never seems super long. I saw a lot of people say they had issues with the pacing, but I don't know. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I think maybe it drags a bit uh, in the middle, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I think if you cut the sister storyline and the dad storyline... Yeah. You cut already probably about 10 minutes there. Uh, Yeah, there's probably a good 10 or 15 minutes of tidying up you could have done. For sure. For sure. Overall thoughts? Um, Well, this is better than Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes. Better than Jurassic Park 3. Better than Jurassic Park 3, which means just better than a bad movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's better than bad. Um, So for me, I think this is a, a solid... Six and a half? I was thinking the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, six and a half, I think, is where I would put this. Mm-hmm. Where it's, again, it's enjoyable. It yeah. is a little bit lost the second time around, but yes. there's a lot of really great performances. Christopher uh-huh. Lloyd really does a great job. Yeah, in this. he's great. It's awesome seeing him be old and feeble, but then also like really menacing and intimidating yes. like at the funeral scene That's and stuff. That's real cool. Yeah, he can get That funeral flip a scene is fun. Like, I yeah, liked that. Cool. that. That reminded me. It's not as good, but it reminded me of Spider-Man Far From Home when he's in homecoming. the kitchen. Or Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he's in the kitchen with uh, Vulture. Yeah, yeah. And they both know yeah. each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, it reminded me of that too, for sure. I definitely did like that too. Yeah. Like I said, cool soundtrack. I like the look of the movie. It's just so fucking grimy and mm-hmm. Midwest looking. Yeah, the looks like shooting shit on, out there, man. It does. And shooting on actual film helps add to that. Like, yeah, I think The so graininess too. of the film and sometimes like the film pops and, and scratches and stuff that show up or they really do add to that sort of it's shot in, in Minnesota Minnesota supposed okay. to be set in North Dakota but it, yeah it's that okay. like weird like Midwest snowy shit uh, we just see this shit for nine months out of the year Ugh. feel 
Fuck all that. I never <laughs> do that. Six and a half, I think, seems like a pretty good score, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Seems like a pretty good one. Now, Steve, next week, we're going to embark on a massive undertaking, the scale of which this podcast has never known. Yeah, people, uh, you know, we, we'll, uh, we talked about this in the Troll Hunter episode that uh, normally our, we had planned on doing The Shining this week. Yeah. But because of time constraints and thing, we didn't want to give The Shining short shrift. No. We want The Shining to have all of our attention. We want it to shine. So we're doing The Shining next week. Yes. We'll have two full weeks of research time to, oh, to yeah. make it awesome. I am excited. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my it's fucking the, favorite. It's the best. I just watched it, you know, like a week ago whenever I saw it in Central Cinema. Yeah. And I'm like already ready to watch it again. I'm like, oh, cool, bring awesome. it on. I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> it's so the best. that'll be a fun one. Uh, so be sure to check that one out whenever it comes out. Next week, Steve, in the meantime, where can they find us on them internet? At Dead Lovely Pod on bye, Twitter bye, bye. and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Yeah, and man. we have a Facebook group, Dead and Lovely Horror Group. Join us. Join us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys be sure to review this podcast and rate it up on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Helps us out a lot. I noticed that we just broke through 100 reviews on iTunes. We did. Yeah. Still yeah. five star motherfuckers. Damn. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. <laughs> it I, is I awesome. Can't yeah. Complain about that. So you guys be sure to keep those rolling in. I'd love to see it get to two hundred before long. So oh, yeah. rate and review on iTunes. Also be sure to follow that YouTube channel. All kinds of good silly stuff coming out onto there. And you guys be sure to tune in next week. It's going to be a, uh, a damn doozy of an episode. It will be. It's going to be a damn doozy. Well, in the meantime, you guys have been lovely. We have been Ben and Steve. Are we dead people? Question mark. Find out next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>